guys, gals, and non-binary pals, please welcome to the stage from the house of Jumbo Carnation, Krakoa's most valuable black market export, Crystal McCran. Hi, yes. Teddy Theodore Altman, I am Raxor. This is Beldon. We have spent a lifetime waiting for you. Wow, hey guys, I'm really flattered, but uh, look at the ring on the finger. I have a fiance. Barf and triplicate. Uh, <laughs> you have profoundly misunderstood. <sighs> I am a scrawl. He is a Cree. We had planned to do this more deftly, but our enemy has begun moving faster and more lethally than our intel projected. We need you tonight. Oh, and I feel I should stress once again, this is not a romantic overture. Come on, Beldon. Heretics! The children of lost Tarnax will never allow this deviant boy, this foul, intrinsically disordered Cree mongrel, to sit on the sacred throne of Skrullos. Oh, gee, violent religious fanatics roughing up a gay bar? Never seen that one before. Protect the emperor! Protect the intergalactic savior! I got protect the hot schwunk with the enormous arms! Yes! 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 141 of Comic Book Queer's Legacy. That was a scene, quote-unquote, from Empire Hulkling, a one-shot, I believe, by Chip Zdarsky and Anthony Oliveria. Is it Lord of the Empire? Uh, Lords of Empire, Emperor Hulkling. There it is. And who was that voice? Art by Manuel Garcia, by the way. And who was that voice? Was that Evil Jeff? It is Evil Jeff. Hi, bro. Oh, hi. Oh, hey. I want that twink obliterated. All right, we'll get to that wonderful book later on. But first, cue that Hot Topics music. What are you gonna hit? Oh, Hot, Hot Topics. topics. Hot topics, yeah. Um, so, as we all know, there's a pandemic, and as I know very well, there are no such thing as live events. There's no such thing as a lot of people in a room. So, therefore, there's no such thing this year as Comic Con. What do you say no to that? Comic Con. When no did Comic Con start? When did it start? Oh, good question. I have no idea. I'm wondering, like, how? Yeah, how many? Uh, how many? Um, like, it was like, this is the first no Comic-Con in how many years, I wonder? Yeah. Or at least 30 years, maybe? Certainly the first Comic-Con to bow down to a pandemic, I would imagine. Ah, crazy. But there's a bunch crazy. of online panels that have been happening. Yeah, they're doing Comic-Con at home. And Evil Jeff, as you know, I work in live events. And for the past few months... I've had to work with my clients to turn their live events into virtual events. So I've, I've learned a thing or two about creating virtual events. And so Comic-Con at Home uh, was happening this past weekend, a virtual event that I think made the mistake that so many of my clients make, which is trying to recreate the physical experience, but online, instead of like rethinking it for the context of online. So you, you know were I mean? like, why didn't Comic-Con contact me 
Why didn't Comic-Con contact me? (laughs) I could have handled this so much better. Yeah, I just just want to bitch about Comic-Con a little bit. Like, I understand it's a volunteer organization, I think. They have a a really old clunky website. So it's kind of hard to turn Comic-Con.org into a platform that can deliver a virtual event. But that's what Comic-Con.org should be, and it's not. And, like, all the stuff is all over the place. It's not a good user experience. It's not well-designed. The content is just, it's not, it doesn't feel like it's very vetted. Uh, it, it's just, it's, it's a little shameful and I'm dying to redesign it. What do you think was their biggest like mistake? Like what's something that ends up being just, is it just clunky or? It's clunky. It's decentralized. You, like you really, there's cool stuff, but it's hiding. Like there's no. It's hard to find clear, what to do. Yeah. There's no clear, simple way uh, to follow the good stuff or, or find the obscure stuff that you might be interested in. There's, you expect when you go to comiccon.org, boom, there's the headline contents right there, a window right there on the homepage. You can just watch Comic-Con at home, but instead you have to find it. And there's a lot of cool, like Amazon's doing their own virtual con and, and that's on Amazon. And then there's like movie stuff happening on, I think a website called screener. And then like, YouTube, it's got the content, but it's just all over the place. And it's just, it, it's not bad. It just could be so much better. Hmm. And that's my rant. Did, but did anything interesting happen? Um, I watched the Eisner Awards. I'd never seen the Eisner Awards before, but it was just like that. For example, it was Phil Lamar in front of a, a horrible white Comic-Con step and repeat virtual background. Just monotonously reading nominees and winners have a little oh, fun with really it boring. and i know they had a pivot quick but it just everything is just it's just so boring and i don't know it's hard to recreate the experience so don't just give us a simpler streamlined easy you know, like you could simplify you could you could make it one eighth of the content it typically is like you don't have to dump a bunch of shit on the internet and be like okay there you go comic-con was there wasn't there, there like a New Mutants panel or something? There was a New Mutants panel though, which I did not watch. I do didn't you, watch it. Do you know what happened in it? Because that's the thing. Me, I think I have been for the past year refusing to watch any new trailers, any new teasers, because I want to go in with as much of a blank slate to this New Mutants movie as possible. And I feel like they're releasing almost the entire goddamn movie at this point. Where I yeah, they showed the go, opening scene. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to see it. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I didn't either, because I want to go in fresh. Does it say when it will be released or how it will be released? This is what I want to talk about. Like, wouldn't you expect the big New Mutants panel at Comic-Con, wouldn't you expect it to end with something like, and if you turn on Disney+, Plus, boom, it's on. Enjoy. Or you can rent it for $15.99 on Amazon or Hulu now. Oh, my God. Nope. How about this? In theaters, August 28th. What? What? In, in what on theater? Planet? In what dimension? What theater? what theater are we talking about? They're still pushing that. That's the same thing with like the, that Tenet movie where Nolan is just kind of like, no, it must be in a theater. And it's like, guess what? We don't, we don't live in that world anymore. Like, figure it out. Like, you think you're doing this in a month? How? Does... 
is oh, magic in a whip up a vaccine? I'll be fine in a month. Know what it is? I think at this point now they're really only trying to get the Guinness World's record of of most delays of a movie of a movie release ever. <laughs> Probably. I mean, it's been going. This movie was supposed to be released in when? 1985 like you have su- like what are they <laughs> august 28th in theaters there's not a movie theater that's going to be open and there isn't going to be a movie theater open for god knows how long because of fucking texas and arizona and florida yeah and the other thing is i don't understand why why then these movie theaters the the movie industry needs to invest in the parking lots of these movie theaters and do huge drive-in things like yeah. why is that not happening at every movie theater that the drive there's a drive-in open like you know what i mean like yeah no one's Use, thinking I of mean, like fm radio and just project it on the exterior i mean exactly there are ways around this figure it out I've, yeah, I've been like, we're in LA and I've been looking up like, where can I see a drive-in? Has anyone thought of this? I live in fucking Hollywood. And no, you'd have to drive to like Pasadena is the only like drive-in movie theater. And I heard recently that the Rose Bowl is going to do one. But I'm like, why aren't you doing one every fucking night? Ugh. There should be drive-in theaters popping up everywhere. Yeah. God damn it. Wasn't I going to bring something else up about the Comic-Con? Yeah. But I didn't write it down. I forgot. Oh, God. I hate being old, Brett. Oh, my God. I don't remember anything anymore. Well, then why don't we just jump to I Want Your Ex, for fuck's sake? Um, okay, let's do it. Mm, hit it. I want your ex. Come on. All right. So, God damn, there was a lot of X stuff happening, and I'm not used to it. I was used to just reading one and, and feeling mm-hmm. like like empty, and uh, and yeah. but I was overflowing Appetized. with stuff. And I was overflowing with stuff that I thought was good, and I was overflowing with stuff that I thought was not good. And it was, was actually stinky. And it's it's funny from what if you had told me I I am I have I have a track record as you know, Brad, of saying I'm going to hate something and then I end up loving it, and vice versa. Um. Let's start with worst. Let's go from worst to best. There's all right. There's one book that I feel like doesn't even fall on the worst to best spectrum. It's literally the book that I just wanted to get out of the way this week. Okay. So let's get it out of the way. X Men Fantastic Four, number four. It started out so good. And then we had high hopes. It just became irrelevant. Like it was like in the end. Okay, so. For those X-Men Fantastic Four, the X-Men have been trying to get Franklin Richards because he's an Omega-level mutant, but his powers are depleting. So the X-Men want to get him in and try and figure out what's going on. So they have this whole thing where Doom is going to cure his powers. Is he going to choose the X-Men? Is he going to choose the Fantastic Four? They all hate each other. And in the end, like pretty much nothing is resolved and nothing changes, except that Reed is like, okay, you can go to Krakoa every once in a while. Like, that's Fun. literally, I had four issues for Reed Richards being like, you could go every once in a while to Krakoa. You could have said that in one sentence. Like, why did I have to read four issues of a comic for that? We're just going to keep your powers the same. Yeah, fuck that. 
No <laughs> stakes. It was ridiculous. It was stupid. It was no just, stakes. No outcomes. Yeah, it, it was the most pointless thing ever. I'm just glad it's over. I will say this. I will say this. This is significant. The end with Xavier and Magneto and Reed. Let me tell you something. That was pretty cool. First, first time I've liked Xavier since House of X number one. Yeah. Yeah, he and Magneto walk in to Reed Richards, who basically put a chip in Franklin so that it, it made him not register as a mutant so he couldn't use the gates. And fucking Xavier takes his helmet off and rips the ability for Reed Richards to make that chip again out of his brain. And every time Reed tries to make it again, it's just going to be harder and harder. Like It'll just keep slipping away from him. And then as he was walking in, he's like, and you can't get hard with Sue anymore. <laughs> and Reed was like, never could. <laughs> he's um, like, whatever, I just stretch my finger anyway. My <laughs> stretch my tongue any I just stretch my tongue anyway. I look like a cartoon <laughs> character. I love that Xavier was like, Oh, you think this is morally reprehensible? Well, if we were back in the day when we were both on the Illuminati, we did worse shit, bitch. We did worse yeah. shit. This this ain't even as bad as Illuminati shit, bitch. Yep. Yeah, don't don't try and take the moral high ground. Yeah. Don't be like, how dare you with your telepathy? Don't. God damn. X-Men Fantastic God damn. Useless. Hello, goodbye. Useless. Um we're going we're doing worst to best. Yeah, so I think that's Can I s- New Mutants? Yes. <laughs> Another. Yeah. I don't care about this weird this person. <laughs> know who this person looks like? Have you watched Big Mouth? Yeah. She looks like the hormone monster. Yeah. The Big old Mouth. but the old the old sickly one. What is it Cosmora? <laughs> Cosmora? Yeah, the Maya Rudolph one. Yeah. No, no, but I mean the character's name in the comic is Cosmora. Cosmora. Oh, uh, Cosmora? Shit. Yeah. It was something Cosmo, like Cosmo. So she's the one creating all these nightmares, this nightmare orb that the team had to fight against. What a character design on that one. What the fuck? It's awful. What is she? It was like someone watched Akira and Steven Universe and Big Mouth and then like- yeah. (laughs) <laughs> made that i don't know Co- cosmar cosmar but that's the thing for me i just there's and then okay one thing made me hate this more than any other comic one thing one thing um <laughs> and it's and okay what have i been bitching about this whole entire time with one do you remember brett about one character why she's not helping Danny Moonstar and her powers. And so this girl's having nightmares and Danny Moonstar has the power of nightmares. And I'm like, why is she not helping? Does she though? She says she used to. So that's in this one. This is where I feel this comic is bullshit. She just says, I used to have those powers. What the, what do you mean you fucking used to? Why don't you have them Or does she mean she used to be able to make them real? (laughs) What are her fucking well, powers? I want It's fucking psychic arrows. That's the same arrow she's been using since the 90s. But then, but they were acting like she doesn't have any of those psychic powers anymore. 
I She has psychic arrows. Fuck her psychic arrow. That's the I know. That's the dumbest part of her powers. Fuck. Even the movie is basing the whole entire movie is gonna be right. based on her nightmare powers, and you're gonna right. take it away in the comics? What are you stupid? It's so dumb. I'm done with the like, new mutants. They're like, her name's Mirage, aka Psyche. I'm like, why? Why? Her name should be Dumb Psychic Arrow, which is a yeah, little bit racist. her name is Arrow Farts. Like, I'm done with her. Oh, my God. I do not give the Native American character arrow powers, yeah, especially arrow when powers. you have much it's better so powers. Racist. It's uh, racist. I can't stand Cosmar with her giant yellow eye. It skeeves <laughs> me out. I don't like it. Oh, and then they also, have the two empath twins. Oh, my like, God. You're going to leave her? You're going to leave her with them? With these crazy psychos, you need to make sure she has good nightmares. And I'm like, but isn't that a 24-hour thing? What do they need to do? What's going to happen when they sleep? Are they going to fall asleep and then this bitch is going to fucking go, like, literally call, like, cast a hole? Stop making new characters. We don't need any more. There's so many good characters. You have, have like, hundreds of X-Men on Krakoa. Like... Give it a fucking rest. I'm, these writers are like, I want to, like, I want to be known for creating this character. Yeah. No, no one gives a shit about you. Stop it. <laughs> You're not fucking Chris Claremont. Everybody wants to be the next Hickman or Chris Claremont. Stop it. And Mondo, what did he do? I I don't know what Mondo's powers are. I thought he was made out of soil and dirt. But now, is he? Did he absorb armor's? I know. Shield? Is he? Uh, what's that guy? Uh, What's the guy who absorbing? Is he like absorbing man now? Absorbing man. That's what I was gonna ask you. Didn't make any sense. I'm. I am so. Maybe we hated New Mutants more than Fantastic Four. I am just angry with the direction of where this is going. I hate it. I hate now, it. Now, speaking of, well, I one thing I did love Ileana showing up and being like, "Fuck y'all, all y'all." I love that. Yeah. I. I also am very interested in the arc they're setting up where they're taking on this anti-mutant doxing site. That's interesting. That's interesting. Because that seems very today. Yeah, very fake news, fake news. And it seems we It's like got, the QAnon of yeah, the exactly. world. Exactly. It's that QAnon bullshit. You listening? It's bullshit. <laughs> um... And then I like that we're going to have one Glob Herman joining the team. I guess. I don't even care for Glob Herman. I do like Chef Glob Herman, though. I'm just over all of it. I don't want to talk about oh, it anymore. Oh, my God. Enough. These stories. Magma and the Brazilian dogs. Oh. Let's move yeah. on to a book that I actually thought I was not going to like, and I did. Wolverine? Yeah. Yeah, Wolver- especially, well, it turned out because we were so angry that he got controlled and killed that dude. And it turns out it was all just a psychic illusion. It was Quentin. It was Quentin. And I forgot we love that Quentin. Quentin got killed in Wolverine as well. Yes. So this is now the third, fourth time. <laughs> yeah. Quentin and I like in this, he's like, I'm sick of dying. I don't want to die anymore. Yeah. I'm over we it. Were, we were very hard on... Benjamin Percy's Quentin, but I mean, I didn't mind him so much here. I don't know. Yeah. Still a little bit cartoony version of himself, but okay. How do you feel about him falling so readily for the cuckoo twins? Oh, the cuckoo. Oh, I love it. 
I mean, his first story arc his was about him having a crush wait, on who them. Did, which who did he have a crush on? Which one? Phoebe? No. Sophie. Sophie. Um. So they kill. I mean, he he practically he practically killed her. But then here's the thing that they said. So they so Wolverine wants him on the team, but he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. The Cuckoo Five come up and are like, hey, baby, you're so sexy. We just know you can do it. And you're the only one that can do it. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to do it. And then they go to Wolverine like, okay, we did you this favor. We talked to this like loser. But now you need to set us up with <laughs> Cable. Are they with your talk- nephew. Are they talking about like sexually? Yeah. They're hot for him, right? What? Has that in, been established cable? before? Has that been established I think before? In- it kind of, they kind of hint at it in Cable Number One, but then not, no, and I know in Krakoa it's like a free loving society. But do all five of them want to like? Is this going to be like a Mormon, like sister wives type of thing, where all of Would, them want Cable? I kind of love that. Oh, Cable! How old is Cable though? Well, how old are they? He's young. They're young. Are they? All, I mean, are they all still? And how old is Quentin? Is everyone still under eighteen? Yeah, I'd say Quentin's probably 16. I'd say the Cuckoos are 14. Oh, why would I say that? No, they have boobs. They're, they're probably... Yeah, they have boobs. I think they're like 16. They're probably 16. Yeah, I think they're all 16. Now, is Cable 16? Because they say he's a teenager. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Everybody's he's 16. Like, he's very... They're all 16. Okay. They're, you're, on Krakoa, you're either 30 or you're 16. <laughs> or you're Wolverine. I know. What are the statutory rape laws in Krakoa? Oh, there are none. Oh, shit. That's not good. Um, <laughs> anyway. Well, um, so in the Here's end, one thing I loved, that this arc ended at issue three. Love that. Yeah, but then was she killed, the pale woman? Or oh, the pale lady? Did you think she her? was going to be a vampire? Um, she kind of escapes. Oh, she, she escapes. Escape, or did she sink with that ship? She sunk with that ship, yeah. She so, was looking out the window. Yeah, so she's sunk, but that doesn't necessarily mean she's dead. And we still, I'm still not sure what she is. She could be a vampire. She could be a mutant. But then it looked like they were saying that they were trying to, weren't they saying they were trying to track her, but there was like a blank spot or something? All of Russia. (sighs) All of Russia is a blank spot. So this one is like not, this one's better than X-Force. And better than yeah. mutants, so okay, I'm down with it. I loved seeing the Marauders. Yeah. I loved uh, Wolverine getting Magneto pissed drunk. Oh my god. Yeah, that was and Blob! Blob is our bartender, bartender at the Green Lagoon. I love it because he seems like Nice Blob from Age of X-Men. Does that mean he wants to fuck Betsy? Yeah. Or Quanin, I guess. Or Quanin, which was he more attracted to her inner parts or her outer parts? <laughs> oh, that's got to suck. That's really. Yeah, that suck. sucks. I'm actually watching a K drama right now where the person has split personality disorder, <gasps> but they're lying to this one girl saying that they're twins, but she's falling in love with both of them. It's a very gem in the hologram situation. <laughs> <laughs> where she's feeling guilty for falling in love with these twins not realizing it's the same person uh. I want Blob in a scene where he's wooing both Quanin, which I believe I saw on Twitter is pronounced canon really? by the way, yeah, or Kanan like you don't pronounce the W why? anyway, I don't know um, 
I would love a scene with where Blob looks at Betsy and Conan and goes, come on, ladies, there's enough for me to go around. <laughs> Pick a fold and fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Anyway, can we go on to the my favorite my, comic? My new favorite. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we talk about my favorite comic book of all time, please? <laughs> Um, Hellions. Hellions. Okay, so let, Hellions. Who who does Hellions? It's um, Zeb Wells. Zeb Wells and Zeb Wells and uh, Steven Segovia. The art is my favorite art right now. Steven Segovia. It's so good. the The comedy and the, the tension comedy. and the tension and the, and the the fighting is. Pure gold. It's written. It's so, so the characters funny. Are so well done, and it. This was a delight. Every single panel, there was something. Every amazing. page was a surprise. It, it was. It so was so good. Fucking funny. And as when I remember when I when they first announced this, I was like, "Nanny and Orphan Maker. Who gives a fuck?" Funniest two fucking characters. It's <laughs> yes. fucking hilarious. Plus oh the fact my God. that it's like it's the mentally it's like the mentally disturbed X-Man team. And the fact that they have these cops are like, we know you're X-Men, but like we're here to like make sure you're not crazy. And then like I just attacks one of the cops and they're like, you better just leave because we're really not the X-Men. Because we're actually batshit crazy. I know. And then the whole time Alex is like, I don't belong here. I'm not crazy like all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, it's so funny. And so immediately, you know, they deal with the human cops. That's hilarious. They go into Sinister's old orphanage where we know Maddie is waiting for them. And but, the but first be, thing but, that happens. But before oh, we sure. do that, no, maybe before we get into what happens, it's just interesting. They're going into the old orphanage, which so many of them have a connection to. Yes. Alex was raised in that orphanage. Orphan Maker was in that orphanage too, right? That's where Nanny, yep, got, yep. Nanny got him. Yep. Scalp Hunter was cloned. We don't call him that. Let's talk That's about that good. right now. Yeah. We aren't calling him Scalp Hunter anymore because Scalp Hunter is an overtly racist term. His name is Grey Crow, which is his name, John Grey Crow. Bravo. It's like, hey, if if it's no longer the Washington Redskins, it can't be Scalp Hunter anymore either. Yes. Please, God. This should have changed a long time ago. But that's the crazy thing for me is it didn't even register in my head. Like, that's the thing. Is yeah, like, it's like... The, it's weird. It's like you don't even like the word is associated with that character. You don't even think about the other meaning of the word. And then when you think about it for a second, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. But anyway, so Grey Crow was cloned there. So all of them have this connection to this creepy place, not realizing yeah. that um, all of the other marauders are like kind of zombified, held up by the Goblin Queen. Oh, my goodness. Um, but before they even meet those marauders, um, they meet a problem in the form of their own teammate, Empath, who Empath, just can't help himself. He starts fucking with Nanny, and then Nanny starts attacking, um, emo- emotionally attacking Grey Crow, <laughs> thinking, like, what was she saying to him? Just like, um, she's saying, don't cry, my sweet boy. Are you hungry? Oh, Nanny will take care of you. Him. Come to Nanny. I know... 
you're hungry. And then she'll bring this up <laughs> later. <laughs> when she apologizes to Grey Crow for trying to nurse him earlier. <laughs> Grey Crow says, is that what you were trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. But the thing is, is Empath is like, when I was just having fun... And Grey Crow fucking blows his brains out and just kills him. <laughs> and then Alex is like, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, is that what we're all just like, killing people now? And it's weird because they all know like, oh, he'll just come back. He's not really dead. Yeah. But it's this weird thing now of like, but. <laughs> and Psylocke like, is like, I don't belong on this. And Psylocke is like, just shut up. Let's just keep going. <laughs> Psylocke is like, oh, thanks for the paperwork, asshole. Let's move. <laughs> So good. And then they happen upon uh, the Marauders. Who are zombie-like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Madeline is just fucking with them and their life cycle. And yeah. And she's just messing them all up, battling all of them. And then immediately Alex, like a fucking tool, she just says one nice thing to him. (laughs) And he's like, what? Um, oh, huh? Oh. And I'm assuming so, she puts some kind of control over him. Oh, absolutely. She probably always had control. Like, she probably planted something in him long ago. Um, my favorite page is the one where he's like, Maddie, you're back? When did you come back? And this is the most Madeline Pryor shit I've ever seen. Years ago, Alex, <laughs> and no one cared. And no one cared. <laughs> Typical Madeline Pryor. Nobody pays that attention. Is- Nobody pays That's attention me. to me. Yeah. Maddie 101. Oh my God. Oh, are you here? (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. Um, Nanny is taken out by Scrambler and she spends most of the fight like Randy from a Christmas story. But she keeps on being like, I've been scrambled. (laughs) And she's an egg. Oh, I just made that connection. Yes. (laughs) And then the funniest thing is she's face down. And then there's just things where she's like, can someone turn me over so I can see what's going on? Like, <laughs> it's it so is... Good. The battles are so fucking funny. Like, it's like intense action, high stakes, fun comedy. Like, the stakes where they're, like, blowing each other's brains out. Like, and that's... it's And it's an old trope of, like, using, like... Oh, they're really the bad guys. Like, in a way... In a weird way, this is kind of, like, almost like Suicide Squad. It's yeah, kind of very like, much so. It's like the X-Men Suicide Squad. It's yeah, not a new trope, great. but I fucking love it. I love it. It's I love so it. And fucking then, good. And then it ends with more team infighting where Wild Child, who kind of hung back the whole time, who's very much about dominance and subordination. Pack, pack, the pack. Uh, the, the pack, pack mentality. Yeah, the alpha yeah. mentality. He uh, smells blood uh, that Riptide caused on Psylocke and attacks her. It's funny because he's just like, you're weak. You can't be the alpha. And she's like, oh, do we have to do this now? <laughs> she's like, and he's fuck. like, yes. And she's like, all right. Like, I will say Psylocke, the new Psylocke is kind of like, yes. a, I kind of like her. Yeah. But like <laughs> Psylocke in this book is a lot better than Psylocke in Fallen Angels. Yeah. Where it was yeah. like, Jeez. It was almost just like, oh my God, Jake, get some therapy. But also like Grey Crow, like having to look at Arclight. I always felt like those two had a thing. So just Grey Crow with his old teammates alone. Uh, just so great. Although gets, when Arclight oh. came back in Inferno, she looked like a lesbian. 
<laughs> she did. She did. So did Dazzler. True. That was the 80s when th- that short. Yeah. That Brigitte Nielsen. Hairdo, yeah. The, the Linda Evangelista. Yeah. was all the rage. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So the whole team gets taken down except for Wild Child and Psylocke. They all get carried away for, by the Marauders and Madeline. Was Sinister aware that Madeline was alive? Oh, absolutely. That's what I mean. That's, I want to know what the fuck Sinister's ultimate plan is. He probably needs something out of his old orphanage. And he's like, but I can't go. <laughs> Why? I just, I lost my keys. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is I feel like Sinister's on different plans. And in the end, I think X of Swords. This does look like it's a Ten. battle between the two islands. With uh, And so I feel like Apocalypse is going to be on the other side. I have a feeling like the alliance with these bad guys is not going to last very long. Yeah. It's a 24-part crossover, by the way. Um, also, do you know the theory about that one swordbreaker, the villain who's marked classified? No. People are saying it's Aurora. Oh. And I'm like, why? Because it's a black woman? But then I saw a cover, a preview cover of Aurora dancing with Apocalypse's original death. They're like doing the tango. What? Um, oh, it's the best cover I've ever seen. It's Russell Dodderman. It's Storm and Apocalypse's original death doing the tango. And original death has got a rose like in his teeth and he's dipping Storm. It's the best piece of art <laughs> I've ever seen. But I'm like, oh, I'm offended by the theory that the mysterious black woman must be Storm. But now, after seeing that cover, I'm like, oh, maybe it is. Interesting. There's one other X-Men book that came out. One more. One more. And it is called Empire X-Men number one. Yeah. Before we get into it, I just want to know, um, hated it, liked it, loved it. (gasps) Oh, fun. Okay. On the count of three. One, One, two, two, three. Three. Loved it. it. (laughs) Loved it. Loved it. Loved it so much. I did not even pay attention to who wrote it. A third of the way through, I was like, who is writing this? And I flip. (laughs) And I'm like, of course. It's Hickman. Yeah. This book was so surprising. Isn't it Hickman Howard? I thought they wrote it together. Oh, did they? I thought I just saw Hicks. I think it's the two of them. But this is the thing is I was so like, Empire, oh, it's oh too many things. Fuck this. It's just too much. And then as soon as it got to the thing where it, it just said Empire X-Men plants versus zombies. Thank you. I laughed at And I just was like, oh, this is a big fuck you to the Empire crossover thing. (laughs) Yes. They're like, we're just going to tell our own fucking fun story and fuck your event. Right. And I was like, I love, I love this. I love this. (laughs) And like, where do I even begin with the corners of the Krakoan age that we visit? So there's Scarlet Witch, the pretender on her quest to do right by mutants, which was amazing. That's how it opens. Oh, and classic thing. Wanda, she does something really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. But we don't know what yet. 
but she decided like, oh, my way, since I depowered all these mutants, and basically I think she knows that she's like enemy number one of, of Krakoa. She's like, I'm going to make it up to everybody. So I'm going to resurrect all the Genotians. Well, she unfortunately used the Pet Cemetery spell. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. just rose a bunch of zombies. Yeah. So it's all 14 zombie million zombies. <laughs> so it's zombie mutants. And then, of course, because they think there's nothing there, on their way of attacking Wakanda, they decide to go to the nearest offshore island, which is Genosha. The Kota- the Kotadi. Yeah. The Kotadi. So the plants all land on Genosha. Is it Genosha or Gen- it's Genosha? I always said Genosha. Yeah. So the they animated land series. On yeah. Genosha. And and then just so now it's like plants versus zombies. The gate is fucked up. So then, of course, a team of X-Men go through and are caught in the middle of a plant versus zombie battle. <laughs> it's incredible. Like there was there's lines when the Kotati were just meeting the zombies and we didn't quite know. Like we're putting two and two together that now these are zombies that Scarlet Witch inadvertently resurrected. But lines like from the Kotati they are meat, Captain. Never myth- mythologize the meat. Or like yeah. when the zombie's trying to talk and the plant guy's like, it seems to be speaking in some kind of indecipherable dialect. And then the other plant guy's like, its jaw fell off. Like, I'm like, who is writing this? <laughs> this is so funny. And then yeah. to get to that plants versus zombies splash page. Fuck you. Um, the other thing is the choice of X-Men and who they represent, what brings them together, which was supposed to be a book. Oh, and it's not being a book anymore? Nope. Oh. There were plans was be an X-Corporation? For, yeah, there were plans for an X-Corp book, but I think the pandemic uh, shit on those plans. I'm worried about a Moira book, but I still want the Moira book, but I don't know. Um, but it's Angel, Monet, and Ileana... <laughs> As the X Corporation. Just cutting deals, pharma deals, and doing business. They realize that Mar- that, that Ileana is just like spying on them for Xavier. Yeah. And the way Ileana puts it, it's like Xavier thinks that they're not doing a good enough job, but quite the opposite. They think that he thinks the job isn't good enough for them. And he's like, we don't, we don't need the money. You don't have to do X Corp. Xavier is looking to see if you're worthy of a, of your own comic, and he decided no. <laughs> right, right. He wants you as his supporting character. <laughs> um, Black Tom's in it. Perhaps my favorite thing ever is when Ileana refers to Black Tom Cassidy as Groundskeeper Willie. That was amazing. <laughs> Oh my God! See, those are things. I think that's Teeny Howard's writing. I think that yeah, is Teeny yeah. Howard's writing. Yep. Um, and then when they go to Genosha, this X Corp team, uh, they bring another member, Jamie Madrox, the Multiple Man, because they needed more members. They needed. They're like, we need a ton more members, and Magneto's like, you can take one. <laughs> so, so they're they like, Jamie. okay. <laughs> but now we have Jamie and Monet back together. Yay. Yay. Um, yeah, so our heroes fight the zombies. Um, and uh, right when they think they're about to beat them, 
slime comes out of the Krakoan gate onto Genosha, and it's our favorite bitches. The Golden Girls. <laughs> Horticulture. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Horticulture. She said the Sophia one said, and you know what makes plants grow, Blondie? A whole lot of bullshit. (laughs) Alien plants versus mutant zombies versus old ladies. (laughs) I know. I'm just very interested of like where, because this is such a fuck you. Like they're like, fuck it. So I'm just very curious of like where this is going to go. Because other than magic, they're using characters that aren't like, essential to any of the other X books right now. So they're kind yeah. of just like they, they, you, they literally can just do whatever the fuck they want. They're not bound by any other by any plot continuity. or anything. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Um, what I would love to see, I would love to see. Um, so I remember when Genosha first was introduced back during our era, the Outback era, and it was known as the green and pleasant land. That's how it was advertised. Come to Genosha, green and pleasant land. I'd love if they made, if these horticulture bitches made Genosha green and pleasant again. Hmm. I'd love that. I want horticulture to destroy Trump. <laughs> oh, God. Me too. Me too. Well, honestly, this ahead. side book, this side book for Empire was a little bit better than the rest of Empire. Well, let's move on to the rest of the comic comic book world. Because you gotta get a comic, hit it! You gotta get a comic if you wanna get ahead. Uh, uh, uh. Alright. Let's talk about Empire. Empire. So we had Empire X-Men, and then we have Empire number two. Um, like most number twos, uh-huh. I was ready to flush it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. I, it's not the only thing interesting that happened in this is that uh, Carol Danvers got Ronan's hammer. Yeah, so she's an accuser. And she's like now officially part of the Kree army. Um. The Avengers feel really guilty about siding with uh, Quinoa. What's his name? Koi? Koi? I'm going to call him Koi. Quinoa. I'm calling him Quinoa from now on. Quinoa. Quinoa. Um, it's a plant. Anyway, uh, and he's like just full on evil. And he, he tried to give his like his evil monologuing like speech mm-hmm. of why he's this way. Mm-hmm. And it was still just like the typical, but once I studied and learned what they did to us, I realized I Man. needed to get my revenge. And then later uh, they're like, did you hear all that monologuing? It must mean that he's still trying to impress us, that he still likes us. I'm like, uh, no, it's just a comic book and you have to monologue. This is how it works to yep. get the plot points out. Um, so it's just, it was a lot of, uh, there's still nothing major really happened. I sense that they're going to dispatch of the Kotati before the end of this event, and it will turn into... Skrulls versus Kree again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they're just getting in, like, they're getting in bed with Super Skrull, and they're turning Carol into Ronan the Accuser. It's like, these are not good ideas. (laughs) Yeah. But it turns out all these dumb dreams that Tony Stark was having was just 
uh, quinoa planting it in his head. Yeah. So. Because Tony is gullible. Totally. Yes. Um, so while that book was kind of, you know, mediocre, it was the sophomore effort. Um, there was one corner of the Empire universe that was far from mediocre, and it was the one we hit upon at the top of the show. And we hit upon it because we are comic book queers. Queers. a queer fucking book. Because that's the thing is like, and as much as people want to complain about Empire, we need to appreciate the fact that there is a huge, how many parts is Empire? 30, 24? Huge. It's huge. That it is all pivoted off of a gay man. A A gay gay man, a gay boy is the central player of this entire crossover event. Can we give a round of applause to that? And here is uh, Empire, uh, Lord of the Empire Hawkling is kind of showing how all of that came to be. There was kind of the previous incoming where he's like, I gotta go, but they never really showed why or like a lot of the other in-betweens of how he got there from A to B. And this really shows that. And this includes, there are drag queens, there are gay bars, there is a new gay character apparently, or bi character, and there is probably the hottest post-coital bed scene between two characters, with him nuzzled up between his pectoral muscles, Billy, the nipples nipples on Teddy. The body on Ted. Yes. Oh Oh my God. Like just laying in Teddy's pecs like that. Yes. It was so hot. Like even the shot of Teddy before that, like early on with Teddy just on his bed with the Lila Cheney shirt on. Yes. Oh, fuck me. Mm. Talk Talk about about God. Talk about the trunk with the enormous arms. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, What I love, this was written by Chip Zdarsky, who actually wrote X-Men Fantastic Four um, and has written other stuff too. Uh, I think he had a successful, great run on Spider-Man. Uh, but I, 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 I feel like I know Chip Zdarsky from being like online, like from seeing him do funny videos and being on Twitter more than I do his comics sometimes. And he's just a funny, pleasant, wonderful man, it seems. He brought in Anthony Oliveria, who is a journalist, essayist uh, out of Toronto, um, who is a big queer uh, study. Um, gay man... Uh, he wrote my my uh, drag brunch with Loki. Remember that? Yeah. Where Crystal M. Cran was introduced. Yeah. Yeah. So Chip Zdarsky brought Anthony in for this book, for this story, and it really it is authentically queer. Yes. And- it even celebrates it. There are panels that are in rainbow. And because uh, Teddy decides to go to a gay bar with Wiccan Billy's brother, Tommy, and Prodigy, uh, our bisexual uh, uh, X-Men. Young who, Avenger. Who, yeah. came out, uh, who came out in Young Avengers as bisexual when he tried to mack on uh, Teddy. But now, apparently, he's macking on Tommy. And Tommy is macking back. And macking back. And I'm like, that has never been established before. No. That Tommy was into dudes. So I'm the, this is crazy. So I'm now questioning is do you think he's gay by because that's the one thing is is there are many when you are twins there is a higher percentage if one is gay the other will be gay too. 
But there are many twins where that is not the case. Um, so I'm very interested in this new development that was just casually thrown out that like, I want to now see Tommy and Prodigy making out like, hello. Evidently they do it after one and a half drinks every time they go out. That's so hot. It's so hot. And that means Wanda has got like potentially two gay sons or one gay, one bi son. Wanta, thank you. Ugh. It's incredible. But honestly, at the core is this very sweet story about Billy and Teddy who basically have to separate so Teddy can live this moment. But the reason that they have to separate is, one, they don't trust humans. So him having a human partner would would kind of diminish his uh, believability as the emperor. But two, it's because Billy is too powerful and yeah. they're scared of him. So yeah. it's kind of amazing. Not only is it is a gay character at the center of the story, it's not a wimpy little gay character. It's a gay couple that are potentially two of the most powerful beings in the universe. And they like dick. And they like dick. And <laughs> I think my, dick my, makes you powerful. Remember that, my, my children. My favorite moment is like they force Teddy to denounce Billy and be like, I cast you out. I, I want nothing you. to do with you. I banish you. And Billy's like, I get it. So Billy leaves. And then they basically turn on Teddy, all the, the Cree, because um, there's a faction, religious zealots, that don't want him ruling. And then right when they got the drop on him, boom, Billy comes back and he's super powerful and he takes everybody out. We get the great line from the Cree captain, I want that twink obliterated. <laughs> that is funny, but I'm also just like, why does that Cree know what a twink is? But I was like, but I'm going to accept it. I'm going to let that live, get that well, twink obliterated. They probably have been studying Teddy for God knows how long, right? So they picked yeah. up the word twink. Um, but then my favorite part is that Billy and Teddy start quoting sci-fi movies <laughs> and they're like, shit, we should do this space stuff more often. <laughs> this is our element. Oh, I love that. I love that moment. Wait, like, what movie yes, is that from? Me... Oh, I have no idea. Um, <sighs> they do Re- Resistance is Futile is the Borg from oh, Star right, Trek. Right, right, right. Today's a Good Day to Die. Uh, I know that from Flatliners. I don't know what space movie that is. Wait, did um, you know that the Borg is real? Have you heard about that from NASA? No, what? I love that a horn honked right behind you, right? <laughs> you know, they just finally they got these new pictures, and 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 it, from the sun, there it's like a huge square object, and they don't understand what it is because they're like, this is this doesn't occur naturally, and they're like, it's ten times the size of Earth orbiting around a what? sun, and it's perfectly square, and it's like everyone's what? like, it's the Borg. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's Please. like a bunch of light years away. Please, please take us. Anyway, um, so that one's great too. So I am interested in it, but now I feel like, but now we they got the gay stuff out of the way. It's just going to be boring Empire stuff. I know. I know. And like part of me is like, yeah, the, the gay stuff had to be in like some side book. <laughs> because <laughs> like it can't the be part other of the problem is their love is so strong and binding. It means there's not going to be any 
romantic tensions with Hawkling's character with anyone else until Teddy shows up. I mean, I would love it if some hot Krieg soldier starts to tempt Teddy and he gets confused and then Billy shows up like, what? I left for five Mm. minutes and you're already looking at some other blue chunk. Mm. But you know how I love drama. We all know it's going to end with Billy showing up and sacrificing himself. (gasps) Do you think Billy's going to die? Yes. But then he'll just come back as the full demiurge. As the, yeah, demiurge. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, I don't know. I worry. Or maybe Hawkling. I think one of them's going to die. Ugh. Protect the gays, Marvel. But know who should die, though? I know who I think is going to die. One gay character will die. But it will be North Star's husband. (laughs) (laughs) Who I've been trying to kill off for years. It's the final panel of Empire. It's just (laughs) Kyle... On a bench, minding his own business, and a asteroid falls. <laughs> Next week, X Factor. Fine, where that might happen. Oh my god! I hope the opening panel is North Star being like, "I just signed the divorce papers," and I will start doing <laughs> cartwheels around my apartment. Oh, actually, did you read what the opening panel is? It is North Star centric. What? 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 Uh, what he. He senses that Aurora is dead and he flies, he flies to the five and says, resurrect her now. And they're like, there's a line, buddy. And he's like, I don't care. Oh, Oh, and that's where it forms like the protocols because they're part of the protocols of when and how you resurrect people. Yes. Oh, Aurora, what silliness did you get into with your split personality? What was her split personality? She's trouble. I forget. Something bad girl. Jean, I forget. Norma Jean. Oh, wait, no, no, Aurora was the bad... I think her main personality was the bad girl, and then the other one was, like, the prude. The light. I remember she would always, like, call herself, like, a trollop. Oh, what are these trollop clothes I'm wearing? She's damaged goods. Yeah. And we love it. We love it. Um, Did you read anything else? No. Well, I did. That was a lot. What did you read? Because I'm dedicated to this podcast, Brett. Oh, I hate it. What did you read? <laughs> um, I've talked to you about a book called Money Shot. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, they finally, after they recently just, I think it might have been last week, had another issue come out after the months like long gap. And uh, this is the most, if, if people don't remember, Money Shot, it takes place in the 2030s where alien life forms have contacted us. But when they saw what a shit show Earth was, they were like, actually, no, we don't want you to be part of our Federation. And Earth is just like, yeah, whatever. And no one cares because all they care about is porn and consumption and television. And so these scientists, the only way for them to explore these alien life forms is to start a porn site and go study the aliens and then fuck them and send the videos for the two porn websites to make money. <laughs> so, uh, but the fun thing is, so these five different scientists of all men and women, they've all, there was like one issue where they each had to fuck each other one-on-one to get used to each other. So the two guys had to fuck each other. All the girls had to fuck each other. The girl guys, like every combination had to fuck each other. Um, <clears throat> and it's just fascinating of like this kind of just, uh, this pansexual Amazing. I guess what what do you call it? If is it pansexual apply if you hmm. also want to are attracted to aliens? 
I mean, yeah, pan is like a right? It's everything. Yeah. So, omnisexual. Omnisexual. Whatever it is. So anyway, the 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 first uh, the first run goes where they're just on this kind of crustacean planet that's like lost all of its water and it turns out that this squid this squid is actually hoarding all the water and she has psychic powers that can be harnessed through um her orgasms (laughs) so they're like (laughs) fucking so they accidentally fuck her for their porn video but then it causes her to come a nuclear explosion on her enemies and they're like oh my god we just caused a nuclear explosion with our sex but meanwhile, the <laughs> other bad guy they have locked up is this alien with huge balls, and then they ha- but he can't get hard, and so they have to help him get hard, and then he shoots a cum shot and destroys the bad guy. Like this is kind of the the plot lines in this. Why am I not thing. reading this book? I know it's oh amazing. God. So that pl- that arc ended, and now the last one. The new one started where they're trying to find their next mission. But the interesting thing was is they went to a planet that has wormholes that they realized completely resembles hell. And they think that there was a wormhole appeared to earth. And that's where all the ideas of hell and religion came from. Oh, but shit. But it was just an alien aliens. So, so it's <gasps> very, and, but then they fucked all of the demons. So they came back and they're like, Oh no, one of the cum possessed, one of the, the possessed cum rags got loose. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's full on, they don't show like necessarily penetration, but they show full on hard penises, and and whenever they're having sex, it's like full on gay, lesbian, everything. They deal with um, interplanetary STDs. It's great, and I highly recommend reading Money Shot. You have to it's read great. it. Great, it's amazing. I will. I will. <laughs> I love and the it. art is really good too, and and the the two guys are really hot. I'm definitely gonna read it. Um, so yeah, that's what I read. That was a lot of comic books. It was a lot of comic books, so much so that let's not talk about any TV or movies. Yeah, we ran out of time, guys. We ran out of time. Although Doom Patrol was great, and I love the actress who plays Rita Farr. We'll talk, we'll, we'll, we'll do a, we'll do like a triple episode recap. Okay, fun. Like next week. Fun, fun. And we'll Um, talk about X Factor. Woo! Oh my god, I can't wait. We're getting X-Factor, we're getting Cable, and we're getting X-Men. But is it still um, the brood with X-Men? I don't know. Are they going to do Empire shit? I don't know. And I don't care. Anyway. Um, do you um, want to so know this... how the do you want to know how the Agents of Shield Happy Death Day episode was? Just Oh, was quick. it was it was it amazing? It was amazing because it was the Happy Death Day formula. So <laughs> I mean, of course. I mean, honestly, they had a very low bar to hit with you. <laughs> I'll eat anything up. I'll eat anything they serve me. <laughs> but guys, this was a very gay episode, and it made me very happy because we me are too gay men that want to talk about gay comics, and it doesn't even matter how gay we are. Everyone's gay because guess what? If you read comics, well, then uh-huh. that makes you. Queer. Dig it. Bye. Bye.